You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Photographs of guns and flame Scarlet skull and distant game Bayonet hand Jungle grin Nightmares dream by bleeding men Lookouts tremble on the shore no man can find the war Tape recorders echo scream Alright, this uh, episode we'll talk about Tim Buckley's Goodbye and Hello And in the room I have Rob, Hello. Ben, Hello. and Adam Hello. And... Uh, Goodbye and Hello is the second album by Tim Buckley, released August 1967 on the Elektra Records label. It was produced by Jerry Yester and Yak Holman. Uh, the genre is folk rock and psychedelic rock. And from the book Manish uh, Argwal, Tim Buckley's second LP should have made him a star. The 20-year-old troubadour was already a face in L.A. thanks to his eponious 1966 Debut, an accomplished set of post-Dylan love songs that showcases rich tenor and emotive phrasing. He is now eager to break out of the folk rock scene. Influenced by the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper, Goodbye and Hello is a masterpiece of Baroque psychedelic. A heavy explosion atmosphere pervades Vietnam commentary, No Man Can Find the War, one of five co-writes with his school friend Larry Beckett. Electra were so pleased with Goodbye and Hello that they paid for expensive gatefold packaging. Buckley was in high spirits for the cover shoot, squinting with a bottle cap in his eye. Reviews were positive, but the album peaked at number 171 on the U.S. charts. He died in uh, June 1975, aged 28, from an accidental heroin overdose. I don't think... You don't have to put accidental... Well, it seemed. It sounds like he wasn't a junkie. It was one of those things. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It was a relapse. I, I don't know why you would say accidental heroin overdose. It's going to be accidental if you overdose. Right. Right. Well, I don't get in accidents. I get. I, don't think, I get in on purposes. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that he was a habitual user of heroin at any point. I think, like his friend said, uh, he was getting into like the quote unquote like romantic heroin use. It, and another account of that same evening, uh, he had had a show that evening, and someone saw someone else like offer him a joint, and he was like, "Nah." And then like that night, he dies of a heroin overdose. No, nothing yeah. says romance like barfing on yourself. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing as romantic as that. Romanza. Bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he died in June 1975, age 28, from a heroin overdose. Goodbye and Hello is a cornerstone of his legend, a lush, accessible work by an enduring, complex artist. All right, what do we think of Goodbye and Hello? I found it sort of a, an interesting record. I, I like the production a lot. I like the band. Um, he does a lot of vocal stuff that he's a great singer in terms of pitch and register, all that stuff. I don't love his voice. Uh, I don't. It's not for me. But I thought 
the the record was I put in the first song and I th- thought I was like, oh god, I'm gonna suffer through this. And then uh, I found songs I liked and I found moments I liked and I thought it was an interesting record. It had some personality. Um, I agree with that. There's songs I like. There's moments I like. It's an interesting record with personality. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's for me. I don't think I'll be revisiting it as an album. There's there's songs that I'll come back to definitely. But it is. It's interesting. Like it it, it doesn't sound like anything that we've heard yet. It sounds like he's he's stretching his legs and stretching his mind and you know it's cool to hear anyone do that even if it's not my style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I'm on board with that. Um yeah, I I didn't care for the majority of the songs, uh but they're three solid like tracks on this that I was very surprised by. Which ones? Um Phantasmagoria. And yes. That song stood it's, out as like wow, this yeah. is just a good song. Like I might put that on a Number mm-hmm. seven. It was, was immediately Sex- struck. With, yeah, yeah. I might put that one on an actual, you know, repeat listen because now I'm. I was interested in that, and also he doesn't do all the vocal things. It's funny because like, like I've always struggled with Jeff Buckley because he does these inflections that I don't like. Tim does them as well, and yeah. it's so interesting that I I had no idea who Tim Buckley was. I didn't know. I, this was just one of those ones I completely missed, and. Um, Probably because I grew up not being a huge Jeff Buckley fan. So it was interesting to hear really similar vocal techniques that I just don't like. I, I actively will like uh, hit the radio when I hear certain yeah. things, when, when other songs do it. But then that song, Phantasmagoria, uh, he's, he, it's way more like laid back. It's got this kind of creepy vibe. I don't know. It, it was cool. It's got this like timeless sound to it. Like if you Agreed. played me that song and said like, "Yeah, this is like an old medieval folk song from 400 years ago." <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh, okay. Cool. Like it really it really still holds up." Hmm. It just like there there's a few like songs like uh there's a few like Fleet Foxes songs that kind of feel the same way with it. just like there's like a like a melody that just has this weird like almost like ancient timeless feel to it and that that was like the vibe that I got from the like the melody of Phantasmagoria mm-hmm. just it was just like so simple and catchy that like, like how 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 could this song only have come into existence in 1967 it just seems like it should be as old as time that was that's what I thought about that song yeah, I was actually going to go with uh, "I Never Asked to Be Your Mountain." I thought that was the uh, the standout track for me on this. I thought that one was good too. That's a cool uh, one too. And yeah, I thought "Carnival Song" and uh, was it "Peasant Street" or "Pleasant Street"? Pleasant Street. Yeah, that yeah. I, I, I thought both of those tracks I, were were great. Yeah, his voice uh, it kind of carried me th- through this. At first, I think I had the same reaction as you, Adam. I was like, "Oh, where are we going to go?" Uh, just because, of, yeah. Because it could go real bad, and then we get it. it. It's, it's Vietnam. like <laughs> it's like his <laughs> it was bad. His voice is is really good. It's just really strong. Yeah, he's a very capable singer. Yeah, um, I think the the thing that makes it um, uh, he's like when when you guys mentioned the romantic when Ben mentioned the romantic heroin use. I mean, this is definitely like romantic music. It is. It's very like. He is, he's in that sort of like, you know, I don't even know how to describe it, but just like this uh, fuzzy world of 
sort of like fantasy. He's 20. Yeah, it's a very like uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um it's really fantastical like and he's going for this like kind of magical vibe. Um it's you know, and so sometimes um he he really pushes and he, he's because he can sing because he can do these long held big notes and uh he's like you know, he'll he'll push and he'll uh like that song that you had mentioned, I Never Asked to Be Your Mountain. Like that one is a little more vocal acrobatics. Yeah. I heard uh, some people kind of reviewed this and said it was a little heavy handed just because of the, the subject, agree. subject matter and the poetry of it is is a little off putting. Baroque is the I mean, nice way to say that. It's 1967, <laughs> everything's been heavy handed this year mm. so far. Like there's. There's, I don't think we've had but that maybe much. maybe just for him, okay. like, you know. Where to go, you don't remember what to choose. You leave, you steal, you feel, you leave. Down, 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 down. I think those are both good comments because it's like a lot of these records are not um, sometimes heavy handed is what makes the record great. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I was in the car and Thunderstruck came on the other day (laughs) and I was listening to Brian Johnson saying and I was just like, he took that style of ACDC vocals and just ramped it up like 10 more notches. (laughs) And it's so that it's so that song is so hit you over the head. And that's what makes it great, and that's why I'm still into it. How you know, 35 years later or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that it can work really well. But we're getting a lot of records right now where it feels. Uh, There's a lot of instances where ACDC is the exception for a trait that yeah. we don't like about other bands. Like, oh man, all their songs sound the same. They never really evolve. Yeah. Like, yeah, but ACDC. But like, they're a lot of, <laughs> it's like them and Iron Maiden somehow just are like, they broke the rules. But, yeah. but this stuff, I mean, yeah, I agree that it's all kind of heavy handed. So it's like in the context of it, I mean, this record fits in. He's got his take on it. Um, I liked it maybe more than the Bo Brummels. I thought the production was cool because there's certain, um, it, was, it had some really live moments on like some of the percussion for example and the drums where like you listen to a record now and everything's like the the hits are all really similar like you know we we can look at it on a screen and say let's make sure that snare hit just as hard you know each time and they just bump it up if they don't want it to have that sound but this one feels really like uh flowing and like an organic style feels like they're performing the song in the studio and you have some players i thought that the band did some really cool choices there's a lot of choices of uh background sounds like you mentioned carnival song there's a lot of like uh Mm -hmm. 
ephemera that they sort of throw in and percussive sounds for mood. Um, that's kind of what kept me on board. I, I will say that he repeats his melodies a lot and exactly the same. He doesn't do a lot of variety when the verses happen, and that it, it got kind of tedious. Yeah. I mean, some of these songs are outright the definition of tedium. The, such t- as, the title track is yeah. very tedious to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hallucinations. Not 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 a uh, not a great yeah time in my ears. <laughs> Just a long winded. Who cares? Yeah, middle. yeah. I felt that way about Night Errant, and it was only two minutes oh, long. Oh God, Night Errant! <laughs> like such a cool name for a track and such a fucking. Is that the one where he's talking about his lady's chamber? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was saying. Like the romance. Like I, yeah. I, like I hear you, dude. Like I get what you're going for. You want these like fantasy romance, but it's like again, he's I, twenty, so a lot of this gets a pass. I will like, say, I definitely find myself thinking like. Boy, did Led Zeppelin like take this up a notch? Mm-hmm. You know, this sort of like, this stuff feels very like. Oh yeah. You know, you just yeah. picture a guy with a guitar, and maybe there's a band, and it's acoustic guitar, and it's like campfirey compared to it. And then to take that wizards and shit, and like take that yeah. into rock and roll, it's like what an exciting way to take the same content and beef it up. Yeah. So. We had a previous folk singer that we were not not so into that had a quite a Uncle Robert? Po- powerful voice. No, it was, Are you talking about Auntie Joan? Yes, Joan Baez. <laughs> so I feel like uh, Tim Buckley is kind of doing he's doing that folksy kind of almost European style guitar flowing guitar and then he's Trying to project that big voice. Maybe it's the tenor man. I don't yeah. know. We, like, yeah. Baez just hits those those, hits up those tops. notes. Yeah, yeah. But I find it interesting to kind of lead it back to to something that we've kind of heard before because I don't think there's anything else other than maybe that Bert Yonch record that might have related to yeah. to this. Oh, and it, this honestly, is kind of in a new direction. Bo Brummel's a little bit with yeah. the Misty Mountain. But I feel like his voice, he's he's or like he's like belting it out. It's like the first folk singer that we've really heard like just go I, and, for and it. And I in think a oh, but you, uh, the actual singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. With that. I think that if it wasn't as full and like and, and the, like the other instruments that are happening behind him, if this was just him and the guitar, I'd fucking hate myself. That's true. I so that that was a big thing. That, that's why when you asked the first, I had to go first, and I was like, this is a hard one for me because if it was just him and the guitar, I would know that he's a great singer, that he's very capable, and I would see why he's like it's him and a guitar. But I think the band brought a lot to this record. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I think that, like, you know, that's cool because sometimes when you have somebody who can sing like this, they don't think they need that band. <laughs> and, like, you know, and I, I think it really helped them out. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. Good job, Bob but, Dylan, breaking the mold there. Yeah. Uncle Robert. You know, it, it's the difference between that band is the difference between this being a folk record and the, this being a psychedelic rock record. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, you were earlier you're comparing uh, his vocal gymnastics uh, to those of his son, uh, uh, Jeff Buckley, and it really brings up that whole nature versus nurture argument because they barely knew each other. He, he, <clears throat> him, and Jeff Buckley's mom were divorced before Jeff, Jeff Buckley was born, <laughs> and 
he died when Jeff Buckley was like eight, and they had only met once. They didn't even know each other enough for Jeff to be invited to his funeral. So, that the, like them having like the same inflections in their singing, it just nature, I guess, because it's not nurture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, or you know, as he became a singer, you know, he started listening to his, you know, biological dad identified. Who knows? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that there's interviews that would be worth reading about that, just because it's interesting Jeff, to have. Jeff Buckley did cover "I Never Has to Be Your Mountain," yeah, which is interesting because the song is about the the whole like leaving of Jeff Buckley's mom That's, and and him. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> that was an intense <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> oh, boy. Bad Dads. <laughs> That's the name of the spin record, off, right? Spin-off. Yeah. Bad Dads. <laughs> spin-off podcast. <laughs> if a fiddler played you a song, my love, too much on this one um it it it's entirely pleasing but didn't give me goosebumps or no or anything i mean if 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 i knew someone who was into folk music i i would recommend it to them Mm -hmm. i guess as i don't know i got i don't dislike folk music i like a lot of folk music but i'm not a folky yeah and i probably won't be revisiting this except for a few songs yeah that fit faz phantasmagoria in two phantasmagoria in two because it's in two in twine yeah i mean i guess if we're gonna do our you know neutral yeah how does everybody feel about it I i think i would i think i thought i was gonna be a negative from the first 30 seconds and i was happy to to end up more neutral um, with a couple cool songs that I, I want to look this, uh, Phantasmagoria into again and like, just give it a closer listen, give it some attention. Um, I think, I think the word that I, I that I've been trying to find for, for his vocal style, I would say his vocal style is very formal mm-hmm. and, and then you called a record stuffy recently. That was the Bo Brummels. Yeah, and it's, I think it applies here too a little bit. For the songs that I don't like, I feel like he's wearing like a, you know, a puffy shirt and like kind of, it just feels too. This one feels to me a little bit more airy than the Bo. I, maybe I'm taking it too literally. Some of the, but the some of the songs I think, yeah. uh, like the ones where it works, I think it's great. But like yeah. when he lays back, like on Fantasmagoria, he's way back, yeah. singing way more tame. But when he does his inflections on the on the the big songs, the belting, yeah, it, I feel like it's really formal. I feel like I'm listening to like, and and this is not actually a diss at all. I feel like I'm listening to like Celine Dion or something, hmm. someone who's like 
Just like too trained a singer for me to ever want to listen to. Just listening to this, I uh, when you said that, I almost got the feeling of like heart, like those heart vocals where uh, he's like, you know, go crazy on you. Yeah, like I can almost <laughs> hear like him, yeah, doing that with a kind of acoustic guitar, and yeah. I don't know why, hmm. but for some reason, maybe it's because that one heart cover has them in the. Sort of medieval uh, get up. <laughs> what did you guys think? Uh, I was pretty, pretty much on the, on the neutral, just because I. It's it's good. It's just not over overwhelmingly great. It, it it gives me good feelings. I don't mind listening to it, but yeah, just not gonna come back to it. It's just not doesn't have like a, a lasting power for me. Yeah, I've got no interest in coming back to this. I, I'm, I, it's less offensive than a lot of the records we've reviewed recently. <laughs> offensive. Um, so, I, but I mean, what does that say? Like that that does that doesn't that's not a a glowing review. So yeah, I, I, n- neutral. I mean, it's it, it it doesn't it doesn't offend, but it doesn't inspire. Neutral for me as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I definitely don't dislike it. Um, if, if if I wouldn't unrecommend it to someone. Yeah, I think Tim Buckley probably. I wouldn't mind you know having him in here. I think he might have another album that mm. we're gonna get to. I don't um, know about that. Only other three. No, he's got he's got a few more coming up. He's got uh, one called Happy Sad. He's got one called Star Sailor. Well, I don't know if they're in this book. But there's just also other ones that he did. I thought he only had three. Well, at least four. The internet lied to me. <laughs> Again. Uh, we will have Happy and happy, Sad and Greetings from L.A., apparently. He's got two more albums in this book. Let me make sure, but I believe so, yes. Well, prepare yourself for me to not go neutral on those. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fool me once. <laughs> Nice. Yes, there are three Tim Buckley albums mm, in this I think that, wow. that is unnecessary, and it almost changes my opinion of this record. Wow. I haven't listened to those records yet, so I don't know if they yeah. deserve to be yeah, in here more than Yeah, let's base it on, on yeah. the album we're listening to. You, you guys want to have a, uh, a Tim, Buck- Tim Buckley it's rap sesh after we get through the other two? It's <laughs> very odd. It's just like... I, I did read that his, his style fluctuated a lot from album to album. Maybe that's why. Yeah. yeah. I just never would have guessed. To me, this seemed like one of those, like, I don't well, need we'll stick that, that him in there. He had yeah. some cool records, some interesting stuff. I just never, like, three records. I mean, when I think about, like... That's like Gilberto status. Whoa. <laughs> uh, well, I was just going to say, it's like a thousand out of a thousand albums for any band to have three albums. I feel like, you know, how many bands get three records? Like, ten? You know, twenty? Like... Yeah. I mean, is this one of them? Right. Is this one of the ten greatest bands of all time? It's like you're taking the 1960s or like the late 60s with all the drug use and all this other stuff, and they're just fucking jerking off this limp dick. And <laughs> you put as much much arm motion in it with putting all these fucking records in until finally like an erection happens. That's oh. what I think. Oh. <laughs> all right. Good night. Cool <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> How many ACDC records are that's, that, well, that's kind of what I was going to get at, is like, uh, if you want to pick like... Less than three? No, I bet there's three. I mean, let me put it this way. If there's not like 
for other eras that have like a really distinct sound. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that's kind of like this. I mean, it's like if Iron Maiden doesn't have three and like ACDC, then this is just like, I, I, it might just be that we're stuck in this time and we're, we've been in this time for too long for us. But like, I would be stunned if there's five Birds albums, three Tim Buckley's, and then when we get to like certain like '80s groups, or like, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's like, well, there should be four Cure records then, or like, it's just weird, you know? Man, it's, check this out. This is an odd. So we've been stuck in 1967 for like about a month, but old people were in it for a whole year. <laughs> Dude, some of them never. Got the Quaaludes are still <laughs> never got out. They're still there. Oh boy. All right, uh, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, next time we'll be talking about love forever changes. Thanks, y'all. I can't come in because it's too high a climb. And you walked away from my fleeting house. And you be damned, I scream. Thank you.